Well, hey there, my name's Eric Gray, and I'm the Young Adult and Family Minister here at the Regency Church of Christ. I just want to take a minute and say thank you for checking out this message. If you're ever in the Mobile area, we'd love for you to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. And to find out more information about Regency or to listen to other messages from this series, we'd love for you to check out our website at regencycc.org. And we're praying that this message will help you grow closer to Jesus. So a few years ago, we had chickens. I know what you're thinking. Eric, you don't really look like the type to have chickens. You're exactly right. That's why it was a few years ago. They were really Haley's chickens. She had really wanted the chickens, and the girls really enjoyed having them. And so being the good husband that I was trying to be, I decided to build this chicken mansion, this coop, so that these chickens could live in. And I built this really nice chicken coop, and we decided that we wanted to put the chickens in the back part of the yard so that they couldn't just get all over our porch or all over the yard. And so one day I'm out there, and I'm building this fence to keep the chickens on the back part of the yard. And I bought the stakes, and I've got the wire, and I'm running the wire, and I've drilled, put all the stakes into the ground, and I'm finishing up the last part of the fence at the very end. And I realized that one of the chickens has gotten into the back part of the yard where I am as I'm finishing up uh, building this fence. And so I start to watch. And I'm really wondering, what is this chicken going to do? It's the only one that's gotten back there. The rest are just out in the main part of the backyard. And I watch watch her for a minute, and she backs up, and she flies right over the fence that I was finishing up building. Talk about feeling like you've wasted your time. I walked inside, and I told Haley, It was a waste of time. It was a waste of money. The chickens can fly over the fence. I had finished putting together that part of the fencing. I finished up the job, and that was it. I went inside feeling like I had wasted most of my day. I felt like it was a total waste. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt that something you did or something that you're involved with was all for nothing, that it was a total waste of time? The Bible actually describes this feeling, this situation. It calls it vain. It describes it as being something that has been done in vain. It's really a word that we don't use on a regular basis. The word vain in the Bible is really defined as empty-handed, as worthless. It's, It's that feeling that you have when you've put a lot of effort into something and you wind up being left with nothing. You're simply empty-handed. It's how I felt after building this fence that chickens could fly over. Or maybe it's the way that you felt after you went out on a date and you poured a lot of money and time into this one date and they never returned your call. Or maybe it was that expensive drone that you bought your child for Christmas and they were so excited and they took it outside on the first flight and they took it really high up into the air and it got caught by the wind and it just came crashing down and shattered into a thousand pieces. Maybe it's that stock that you purchased and you thought was going to do really well, but the market plummeted, the stock tanked, and you were left with nothing. Maybe it was the job that you took and you thought this job's going to be great for me and my family, only to realize two months in that it was a total mistake and that you've got to do something different. Or maybe it's that feeling that you had on the first day of distance learning and you've decided that you're going to do everything that you can to pour into your children. You're going to be really patient with them and you're really going to help them out. But 30 minutes later, you're laying in the fetal position and you're praying for schools to go back into session and for schools to reopen because you couldn't possibly understand pre-algebra again. Or maybe it was that excited feeling that you had because it's finally your senior year. It's finally your turn. 
only to have everything taken away from you because of a worldwide pandemic. And all that you're left with are all of these older people posting pictures of their own high school graduations on Facebook for you to see. Many, if not all of us, can understand that feeling of something being in vain, of pouring so much into something only to be left empty-handed. Last week, Andrew preached about the hope that we experience and the hope that we have because of the resurrection and because of the tomb that Jesus left empty. And he'd reminded us that in Jesus, we can find the wind that we have been looking for. And one of the verses that he looked at was 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, where Paul writes, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But Paul keeps writing. That's not the last verse in 1 Corinthians. It's not even the last verse in 1 Corinthians 15. There's one more verse that follows it as Paul continues his thought. And the first word of that verse, of verse 58 in 1 Corinthians 15, is therefore. Anytime you read the word therefore in the scriptures, you must ask the question, what is therefore? Therefore. It requires you to think about what you have read or what you have already heard. And what Paul is pointing out is because of the resurrection of Jesus, because the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive, because of the hope that we have because of the resurrection of Jesus, because of Jesus we have victory. Listen to what he writes in verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I want to take a couple of minutes and define a few terms for us, a few terms that Paul uses that are so powerful and then we'll make application. The first term that he says is be steadfast. The root of this word actually means to sit. It means to have a solid base or to be firm in mind. And what we know about the scriptures is that the mind and the heart are directly connected. And so what he's calling for us to do is be firm, be solidly placed in your emotions. Let me ask you this. Have you felt your emotions getting the best of you through uh, the coronavirus, through social distancing, through sheltering in place? I know I have. I know that for me, it seems like on a daily basis, my emotions are feeling different. That some days I'm very hopeful, that I feel like we're almost through with this and we're almost to the other side. And then on other days, I feel like we're never going to get out of this. We're never going to get back to the way things used to be. We're never going to get back to some kind of normalcy. Then there's part of me that thinks, I'm okay. I think I'm going to be fine. And then there's another part of me that that is a little bit fearful. What if I got sick? What if it took my life? What if I became seriously ill? I think for each of us, we must be careful of what our emotions are doing during this time because Paul writes to us to be steadfast. And he doesn't just tell us be steadfast. He gives us the why. It's because of the hope that we have in Jesus. It's because the tomb is empty that we can be steadfast, that we don't have to allow our emotions and our heart to go crazy and to get the best of us. The second thing that he says is be immovable. Now, this word is referring to where your convictions are placed. You've probably got some pretty serious convictions. I know that I do. There are certain things that I believe that I will not budge on. And Paul is writing right here, be immovable. Don't allow where your hope is placed to be shaken. Regardless of what's going on in your world and what's going on around you, 
Be, be immovable. Make sure that your convictions are firmly placed. Don't allow this world and the current events of this life to move your hope. Don't let it move your convictions. But then there's this phrase that he says that's so interesting. He uses this phrase, abounding in the work of the Lord. What is the work of the Lord? Since the beginning of time, God's work has been creating things that are beautiful and bringing order to this world. His work has been about winning the hearts of his creation. And since Genesis 1, he has actually invited us into his work. Look at what it says in Genesis 1 verse 28. It says, God blessed them, talking about the man and the woman, Adam and Eve. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now understand this, be fruitful does not just mean have children. Fill the earth does not just mean populate the world. We know that to be fruitful means that you are doing something that is bringing meaning, it's bringing purpose into this world, it's bringing beauty, and it's bringing order. And that to fill the earth simply means to take God's presence, to take God's goodness, and to take it into all the earth. That this is a part of the work that God has been doing and has partnered with us to do, that God has called for each of us to continue his work in this world, that it's about spreading his kingdom. It's about bringing his reign and his rule into this world and into our lives. It's about sharing the goodness of God with each person that we come into contact with and with each person that he places into our lives. So for us to abound in the work of the Lord is to bring beauty, order, and the goodness of God into this world. And this happens in everyday life. As you homeschool your children right now, you're bringing the beauty and the order of God into this world. I know it may not be beautiful, but it's certainly the goodness of God on display. If you're a healthcare worker, then you're bringing the healing and care to this world that God wants brought. If you're a healthcare worker, then you are bringing healing and care to a sick world. And that is the goodness of God on display. If you've made protective masks, if you have prayed for others, if you've sent cards or made phone calls, then you are spreading the goodness of God in this world. This is the work of the Lord. It's sharing the goodness of God with the world around us. Yet many times we are so blinded by the mundane. We are simply robbed of our purpose by the routines and just the normalcy of life. And what we seem to think is so simple is many times the work of the Lord. Look at what Paul writes in Colossians 3, verse 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And so the mom who prays over her children and helps them with their schoolwork to the glory of God is abounding in the work of the Lord. The dad who reads to his kids at night to the glory of God is abounding in the work of the Lord. The police officer who is trying to build good relations with the community to the glory of God is abounding in the work of the Lord. The teacher who patiently cares for his or her students to the glory of God is abounding in the work of the Lord. The high school senior who faithfully follows God during these uncertain times is abounding in the work of the Lord. The widow who cannot leave home because of health reasons, yet is praying diligently for family and friends to the glory of God is abounding in the work of the Lord. 
Sometimes we are blinded by the chaos and we lose sight of what is a greater purpose because of the mundane. Yet God has this amazing promise to each of us. Your labor is not in vain. That's an interesting word, labor. You see, the root of this word labor, it means to be hit or to be struck. It means to take a beating. Any of you feel like you've taken a beating lately? Any of you feeling this deep fatigue and weariness? For many of us, we felt like we've been dealt a serious blow, a real gut punch from our world. We feel tired and worn out, and we feel like we've simply taken a beating. But don't miss Paul's empowering truth, because the tomb is empty. Your labor is not in vain. Your fatigue and endless struggle is not in vain. You will not leave this season of life with nothing. There is purpose in the struggle. There is growth in the suffering. And knowing that our labor is not in vain should push and drive each one of us each and every day. And so, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like it's too much, when you feel like you've been dealt more than you can handle, when you feel like it's all been a waste of time, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So continue to bring the goodness of God to this world, to your world, through the work that God has given you. Why? Because the tomb is empty. Because Jesus is alive. Because we have hope. And because God wins. So I told you this story about this chicken coop that we had built and the chickens that we had and this fence that I had built. But I didn't finish telling you the rest of the story. So I finished building this fence and I went in all depressed, feeling like it was all for nothing. And I told Haley the depressing news. We went on the rest of the day. And that night, the chickens would always go into their coop. And we would rarely shut the coop door. But that night, somehow, whether it was the wind or something else, actually shut the door to the chicken coop. And the next morning, we come out and the chickens are actually out in the back part of the yard that I had fenced off. And I found it so fascinating because I'm, I'm expecting every one of them to just fly over this fence that I've spent hours the day before building. But in the year or so that we had those chickens after building that fence, not one time did a single one of those chickens ever fly over that fence. You see, because they were together, they were content. I, I think there's a, a principle for us that we need to understand that if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling all this anxiety, if you're feeling like this labor is for nothing, like it's in vain, then reach out to your community. Find strength in numbers. Your labor is not in vain. Find your community. Find your brothers and sisters in Christ and ask them for help. Maybe that's your next step in your faith. Maybe it's to call somebody up and to say, I am really struggling right now and I need you to pray for me. I need you to walk with me. I need to be encouraged in this moment. It's about leaning into each other and leaning into our relationship with Christ because the tomb is empty. And because the tomb is empty, your labor is not in vain. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be strong, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor, it's not in vain.